All right. Well, good afternoon. Uh, thanks to all for joining us. Welcome to the, uh, this is the sixth episode of the market update with Mike and Joe from GRB. We're super excited. We got a guest here uh, today. Uh, Jim Yackel, the president of the GRAR, is here to join us uh, to talk about the, the year that was and that the year that will be. So we're super uh, psyched that you're here, Jim. So so thanks. So thanks for joining us. Um, but obviously, we put the trouble of Joe having to wear his Bills hat. So we're gonna, we got to talk about the Bills. It's no trouble. First. That means they're, they're still winning. They're still winning. Still so alive. obviously, I mean, Joe, last weekend that was a that was a nail biter. That was a nail biter. And uh, I think you even said you stopped watching the game. Right? I did. I I have been convinced that there are times when it's just best that I remove myself, which I did, and I went skiing and kept my fingers crossed, and they pulled it out. So we. Uh, as Bills fans, we get to enjoy one more, at least one more weekend, if not more. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, it is. It is. What what time's the game? Three o'clock Sunday. Three o'clock on Sun on sun, Sunday, and then obviously it's great news. Obviously, just to um, as everyone I'm sure has heard, the just continued progress of Demar and uh, you know his health is just you know continues to get better each day. So we're all just you know thrilled with all of that. So. So let's talk about the market. So um, today is January 19th. Um, and, you know, some, some good news is, is that, you know, uh, since the beginning of the, the, the year, we have seen, um, you know, a modest decline in rates. I mean, rates have come down. Um, you can actually get a rate, you know, below a 30-year fixed rate, below 6%. Um, for those of you that have listened to us, you know, back in, I think it was October, rates peaked above 7%. So we've had a we've had a nice, you know, decline. And the prognosis for this year is that, is that rates hopefully will end up, you know, in the, the low fives by the end of the year. Um, so, I think, you know, one, one important thing is they've, they've steadied, right? I think there yes. was a lot of fear from, you know, agents that I spoke with, loan officers was, just give me some steady time. If it's seven, if it's eight, whatever it is, just give me some steady rates. Right. And it seems like we've reached that point where we're not seeing those big spikes and that volatility we're seeing right. earlier on. In the right. You know, and Jim, you know, from from your seat, you've been doing this a long time. Um, you know, historically, you know, a, a high five, low six rate is pretty low when you look at the past 20 years or so. Um, and, you know, from, you know, from, from your lens, you know, what else do you think we can be doing to educate the realtors, the consumers that, you know, rates, although they've, they've gone up, they're still historically low. It's difficult because the typical first time home buyer we're talking about, who's worried about rates. When you say well, back in the eighties, I bought a house for 16%. Right. It doesn't really connect with them. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's a century ago. So we've been just talking about uh, the reasons people move mm -hmm. matter and they're, they're usually major life changes. And if you need to move for whatever reason, a percent or two probably isn't the worst thing in the world. So mm -hmm. we've just been trying to educate people that, uh, don't make it about the rate. Mm -hmm. It's about the overall affordability. But if, if you want a bigger house or a smaller house or a different community, you'll find a way to make it work. Right. Right. 
All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. So, so Joe, I know you always have um, some great stats to, to, to share with our um, listeners. And, and one of the things that we like to do is each month is, is to give all of you just an update on, you know, the business that GRB transacted during the month of December um, to just to give you a sense of, you know, properties, what were they listed for? What did they sell for? What did they appraise for? And, and Joe, what's the data telling us? Yeah, so a lot of the same. Um, a lot of what we saw, definitely some um, pockets that are hotter than others. Um, you know, when we look at uh, the 14615 and 14619 uh, zip codes, those were our, our hottest markets. And we saw, and, and the houses in that ranged from, you know, 100,000 to 200,000. So right in that first time home buyer price range, right where we're seeing that um, high demand. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those areas, you know, they were around 25% over asking mm-hmm. is what those houses were going for. Right. Uh, you know, so, and then some other areas are flat and some were even below asking. So I think there's still that, uh, you know, there's still opportunity out there to uh, get a deal. And I, I think there's still opportunity out there where if you want that house, you're going to have to be comfortable with going a little bit above asking mm-hmm. um, to, to get that home. So a lot of the same as what we've been seeing, uh, you know, the month of December, Monroe County and surrounding, we're about 5% over asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you throw in Onondaga, Onondaga County and some of the other counties that we, we factor in, we're about 2% over. Okay. So, you know, it's some ups and downs, but I think overall, it's just kind of a, a lot of what the same. Right. A lot of the conversations that I've been having with people um, has been uh, around uh, just a lot of that same. We're starting to see a lot of that aggressiveness over asking. Mm-hmm. I know there was a, a home recently with 120 showings and 51 offers that went 125,000 over the list. So, you know, we're starting to hear that again, as we heard this a lot last year. Um, I will say overall, the um, appraisal issues have really subsided now that if we start to see, you know, a big shift in the market up again, we may run into a little bit of that, but the inventory is definitely there. The sales are there to support um, the, the, the new sales now. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, Jim, what, what we're doing and what we really encourage everyone one to do is, is one, you know, if you're a buyer that got shut out last year, um, you know, is one is we got to re-engage these buyers to, you know, to one, you know, to take a look at, you know, what is their budget today? Um, what can they truly afford? Rates have calmed down. What's the impact of that? And frankly, there's a lot of programs um, that I know that GRB has launched and will launch that are really aimed at addressing, um, you know, some of the payment shock that came with the rates going up. So we're rolling out a temporary buy-down product that lets someone kind of um, have a lower starting payment um, all but it could go higher and will go higher. Um, but in the event that rates do do drop, they certainly could refinance that um, at a later date. So there's all those options ex- exist. And I think that it's important that everyone just, just kind of takes a fresh look. Um, yeah, so- and, and if I, I think that's important to be looking at financing with a little bit of flexibility. What we've heard for the last few years is people who have a grant really have a hard time making use of it because of the crazy market. So anything on the lending side that can add some flexibility is really helpful. Right, right. And again, again, you know, from that perspective, you know, we we take, you know, great pride, you know, in being one of the the leading uh, home buyer dream lenders in the community. And, you know, that that is a, a, a grant, but, you know, we typically can close those, what, Joe, in what, 30 to 45 days? Yep. 
usually under 30. Yep. And we're probably going to start to hear more details about that. When do you think we'll start to hear more? So there's some webinars scheduled for early February. Typically the program launches mid to late March. Right. Right. So if you're listening to this, you know, please reach out to us that if you have a buyer that you think may qualify for that program, let them talk to us. Let's, um, you know, let's get them prepared um, so that when the grant program does roll out, they're ready to go. So, so let's um, shift gears a bit. So obviously we've invited Jim here, you know, Jim has been a, you know, a great partner, um, you know, to um, the entire real estate community. Um, you know, you've been a lot of knowledge or you have a ton, Jim, and, and it's certainly, you know, what we wanted to talk about today was, you know, it's, there's no mystery that the lack of homes for sale um, has been an ongoing issue for, you know, frankly, for many, many years. And what I wanted you to, to maybe first kind of speak to is, you know, what is from your seat, the, the prognosis for the greater Rochester upstate New York market in regards to home sales for next, next year. And then from there, let's begin to, to talk about some of the, the broader steps that we can take together to try to address the shortages of inventory that exists. Sure. I, I think uh, predicting the future is always difficult, but we don't, I don't see anything substantially changing from last year's market to this year's market. And last year, closings were down 11%. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only going to change if more homes come available for sale. And nobody's telling me any reason to expect anything different than last year. Uh, people will will sell because they need to, but in terms of adding a hundred or a thousand new homes to the market, I just don't see it, and I, no one can tell me optimistically where they see that coming from. So I think it's more of the same. The next year is going to be more of the same. Um, what happens with interest rates will have some impact, uh, but I think until we have a significant supply of new homes available, we're just going to kind of be stuck. Yeah. So I know. So. You and I, Jim, have talked about this offline about putting together some type of a local task force to really begin to put together, you know, a plan of attack that's it's going to take a long time to put into place. But, you know, everything starts with the first step. Right. So so from your, you know, seat, what does that um, task force, you know, need to look like and what do we really need to begin to accomplish so that we can begin to try to make some progress on the shortage that's plagued us for so long. Yeah, I, I think the where we finally are coming to realize is we've been talking about this for years. Nothing's really changing. And without any action on our part, part of the industry, the builders, the, the lending side, the realtor side, well, we can't just expect somebody to come in and solve it for us. So we know the causes of some of this shortage. Uh, the, the lack of new construction since the recession has been chronic and it's just not changing. And there's reasons for that. Um, we spoke about it at the economic forecast, but shortage of skilled labor, mm-hmm. um, shortage of land ready to build, um, and just high costs of materials are really keeping that from filling the gap. And I, I did some research. Nationally, there may be 6 million homes that were never built that we could have used over the last 10 years. And that's a really big gap to cover. So we're not going to be able 
to just build a whole bunch of homes and, and recover that, we have to look more creatively at multiple solutions. Mm-hmm. So what what we're talking about uh, at our board is let's try and, and have 10 solutions that can add 50 homes to the market of some type. And altogether, that's 500. And then you do that for a bunch of years in a row, and all of a sudden you're making an impact. It's not going to be a short-term fix. Mm-hmm. So the next step is let's convene the leaders of our industry mm-hmm. uh, from the lending side, the new construction side, the, the for sale side, and let's talk about what the problems are, what the possible solutions may be, and create an action plan that we can then take to public officials, economic development people, nonprofit people, uh, and try and make it a reality over the next five to 10 years. This is not going to be a 2023 solution, but if we don't start, it'll never get there. Yeah. I mean, I really can't think of, I mean, this is one of the most important things that we need to really address, recognizing that it's going to take, you know, a long time. But I mean, Joe, as you and I have, you know, talked about this, I mean, one of the, you know, the, the best ways for generations to build wealth is through real estate. And I think, you know, obviously this is, you know, but if there's nothing for them to buy, then it's, you know, they're, they're going to either continue to rent, stay at home. So I think this is a very, very important initiative that's going to take a long time. And, and I just want you to know that we here at GRB are on board, want to be involved. We want to be part of the solution and um, and really try to make a difference, you know, long term as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, as we continue to see rents rise, it becomes mm-hmm. harder for renters to save money mm-hmm. for those down payments to buy the homes. And then you're in this vicious cycle of, again, just erasing or eradicating that generational wealth because mm-hmm. there's no way to, to get out of that circle. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things, Jim, that Joe and I have been been doing with our team here is we are kind of beginning to, to host these events to where we're bringing realtors in from many different companies to really uh, have a chance for people to collaborate and and talk about best practices um, from everything, not only into, you know, what's the best way to present a offer? What's the, what should be the appropriate response time? All, you know, what's the best way to host a Brokers, you know, events. So we're doing all those things to really try to to share and exchange ideas. And I think one of the things that we have to to do, even though a lot of us, you know, compete against one another, but we got to collaborate because you know, going back to addressing the shortage of homes for for sale, that affects everybody, regardless of of, of where you work. And I think it's something that we really. Um, can't ignore, and I'm excited to work with you and whoever else is going to be on the, the task force to see what we can do to make a difference. I think, uh, Jim, you know, one thing you and I have talked about uh, before, and you touched on a little bit on the at the economic forum, was around the um, issue of investors buying up mm-hmm. large blocks of houses, and maybe you can just talk a little bit about that and kind of what some of those numbers you shared were, because that was kind of intriguing. That's a great point. point. It, yeah, it, it's a little scary. The the national average is somewhere between 15 and 25 percent of homes transacted in 2022 went to corporate owned investor owned businesses with the intention of turning them into single family rentals and what concerns me is it doesn't take too many years of 15 to 20 percent of the sales going to corporate investors to turn them into rentals before we really start going from we have 13,000 sales this year 
minus 10%, minus 10%, all of a sudden you're down below 10,000 sales. And it's already a problem. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were at 15,000. Mm -hmm. So the, the economic forces that are making that happen are driving more and more people to be forced to rent, which goes right back to the lack of ability to build equity, to build wealth, to continue you know, doing what you want to do. And there's no change to that in sight that I can see. Uh, and typically when, when that happens, we don't see those houses coming back into the market. I, no, I, I think if it goes into corporate ownership, the, the reason they do it is housing is an appreciating asset for the most part, and they get good cash flow. And they that's what they're looking for. So they hang on to them. They rent them and they rent them. Uh, we only see them back when they've come to the point where they're not making the cash flow anymore because they've let the condition deteriorate and they just walk away. And now we have to deal with them as abandoned homes. And then it's a real problem because you can't, uh, in, an, in a profitable way, put those back to, to good use for single family ownership. Cost too much to get it back to living conditions. So it, it becomes a long-term problem in a lot of ways. Uh, but the immediate piece is we, we as an industry need to figure out a way to help more first-time home buyers, more uh, first-time in their family home buyers get to a position to be able to become owners of some type in housing that can then start them on this track to, you know, uh, bigger homes, different locations, whatever they want to do. But we've got to get that first step. And I think the first uh, or the, the most common way to do that is to try and give grant money. But that's not helping. It's not changing the, the situation right now. So we have to be creative. And I think it's exciting to, to see more people coming together to say, let's solve this as a community and as a real estate industry, because then we'll get some good solutions. We'll get some support and, and we'll be able to make some change. Uh, it's going to be slow, but a little bit here and a little bit there. And before you know it, we'll look, we'll look back at 10 years and go, wow, we made a really big change in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And I think you touch on it's It's not even just the first time home buyer. It's that owner occupant, right? Yeah. That customer or that borrower that wants to buy that house to live in it, because if they can buy that house, they're selling their house that they're leaving. And that, that opens up that house for that first time home buyer. Um, and I think that oftentimes, you know, th these investors come in with these high cash offers and, you know, as an agent, you're probably trying to do what's best for your seller saying, hey, here's that cash offer. But maybe we, you know, can take some time to vet out that next offer to determine, is it as strong as cash? Um, you know, are they pre-approved? You know, who's the pre-approval letter from, um, et cetera, because that is just a, a domino in the whole, uh, you know, landscape of, of real estate. And I think that you've seen a lot of that in the industry um, companies, not just banks and lenders, but um, companies specifically designed to be that bridge to say, we have money, we'll make you, you know, same as cash. And then we'll figure it out later uh, because we have to compete with the investor community. They can come in with cash and they can outbid everybody. And, and then we're going down the wrong path. But I think that we as a, as an industry have the opportunity to, to start changing that game a little bit. Yeah. yeah so, well, um, Jim, Joe, thank you very much for your uh, time today. Jim, thanks, uh, you know, for joining us. You know, we're thrilled that you could take time out, out of your day to be here. And, you know, obviously we're um, excited about the Bills game this uh, yeah. this weekend. I hope we are back here in a month. We're able to, you talk know, about the Super Bowl. talk about the Super Bowl because that'll be about that time, right? Yeah. That's yeah. that's great. Got, so, I've got a couple challenging games ahead, though. That's so right. Okay. Get those. All right. Thanks for all. 
for listening and we'll see you in a month. Go Bills. Go Bills.